Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? I learned is on. It's I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Yeah, I've been this. Okay. Um, you, you, you okay? You having a good week? Should we cook? I, uh, I'm losing weight. Van! Yeah, yeah. I start the journey off, and I've lost. This morning, I looked. I've lost 31 pounds. That is impressive. Congratulations. Ooh. That's how I feel. Watch this. Ooh. That's how I feel about it. And I, we, I don't want to keep asking you and making it look like, like we're watching. So you know, when you when you want to update us on your journey, we're here to receive it. And that's that's huge. Thirty one pounds. Yeah, I got, I got, I gotta lose more. I gotta get like, I gotta. I'm out there at the gym, right? Mm-hmm. And the the people at Equinox, were like, oh, you look so great. And it's not just that you're losing weight; it's your skin, it's everything like that. And I'm like, you're glowing. Do you, how do you feel like, though? Off, right? How do you feel um, with the weight loss? I feel like, God damn, there's a little bit more room in the shirt. I remember how it was the last time I was losing it, but here's the difference. The last time I was losing weight and I was actually peeling pounds off successfully, I didn't have to continuously see myself. Please explain. So, I have to see myself all the time because you do a CNN hit, you are on, you see yourself all the time. See, in the last part, when I did this before, you can't really look at your own body in the mirror and really feel it as much. You can feel it a little bit, but you can't feel it as much. So, I mean, literally, the last time, even though it took like nine, ten months, Something like that. Mm-hmm. It felt like I went from titties to no titties. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was just one day, hey, I popped up, no titties. No tit bags to speak of. But now, I'm seeing the gradual reduction of titty. Okay. And it's interesting. You know, certain skin folds, I'm watching them go away. Before, I really didn't pay attention. Literally, I was... um. Before when I lost weight, I was like walking into the office into Capricorn and I was like holding my pants up, like holding my pants up. Mm-hmm. Like I had the belt was on the last thing, holding my pants up. And Jeff was like, Van, you need to get a new pair of pants. <laughs> like, like you like you're 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 slimming down, brother. Right. Like you need to I was holding the pants up, everything and down. Oh, what but now it's like, you know, I'm I'm because I'm lifting so heavy and I'm doing so much, I'm Checking out, checking in with my body, and I'll look and I'll see. Hey, look at this. There's a little skin fold, and it's gone. And I'll look at that piece of skin, you know, the, where the fold used to be, and I'll be like, "How are you doing?" And then the skin will be like, "Have I been kidnapped?" Oh my God. And I'm like, "Yes, you have. You have been kidnapped." And I'm here to tell you, you've been released. <laughs> and then I take out a little and I wash the, the, the old skin. Oh, hey, look, you can see the sun. I go outside. I'm also to that age where I don't think I care about having my shirt off anymore. And I think that was one good thing about gaining weight. Because even before when I lost weight, you know, nigga had some stretch marks and some, some battle scars from having lost all the weight. So I, didn't, I wasn't all about having my shirt off. But now... 
I've been outside with the shirt off in, you know, some really interesting times. That's the, the flabbiest of it's the flabbiest. It's good. You are confident in your body. I'm confident. So I, and that's I good walk thing. outside now, nipples lactating. Okay. But it's really sweat, you know, but it looks like it could be milk. You know, anyway, <laughs> you, you like <laughs> You like that. I know. I'm like, so trying to take you, you seriously, you, and then you, you like say it. some stuff like that. But, and you but just there's a, <laughs> let me tell you something. You can sweat to a point to where no. the sweat drips off, and it, the sweat is yes, dripping off. Yes, it's like right? dirty. It's like it's it's it, it's like it's it, the sweat is dripping off, and it looks like I know it's dripping. And I'm like, that could be milk. I know what you I mean. Could, <laughs> I could I could nourish a baby. Okay, you know baby because would the be t- malnourished. You don't know that. You don't know what's in my sweat. My sweat is probably very high caloric. At this point, what are you doing this weekend Man. besides drinking water? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what am I doing? I'm going to dinner with a friend Friday. Saturday. Nice. It's like everybody's birthday is this Saturday. I really thought about going to Houston for 24 hours just so I could hit shout out to Vince Young, his 40th birthday. And then I'm like, nah. Damn, that nigga only 40? Yeah. I'm like, nah. Oh, you're doing too man. much. Happy birthday, VY. I'm like, I'm, you're doing too much, Rachel. Sit down. Sit down. So, um, Sunday, I have three birthday parties that I'm trying to work in and go to. Three birthday parties. Yeah. And then Sunday, it's a day of rest. So, you know. Resting. Yeah. Yeah. So, tonight, I'm going to see a friend's movie. Tomorrow... I got all kinds of things to do that I don't remember. But I got a lot of shit to do. I got to look, look on the calendar. And then Saturday is Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko. At oh. 1.35, we have the Southpaw, Vasily Lomachenko, maybe the finest amateur boxer in history, former three-division weight, Champion, 135, 130, 126. Probably, yes, maybe two. I'm not sure. Uh, only two losses to Salido and to Tiafimo Lopez up against a young black male named Devin Haney, who is the undisputed champ at 135. I can't wait. Are you going wait. to the fight? Fuck no. Oh. What a goddamn fight. I'm going to watch it here at the crib. Bosley Wolserly, the Wonder Puppet Dogs. Kalika has some sort of styling conference to go to. And so it'll be me and Bozeman. And guess what? I, I don't like to eat anymore. I, it's, hard, it's hard for me to eat. I just had lunch and it was one piece of salmon and I'm full. So wow. who knows what happens? But I, Wow. Yeah, Welcome. It, it Welcome to my, to my world. I had a salad for lunch. Well, Brian? Brian's at work. You're cracking somebody's back. Brian's at work. You. So you're not cracking anybody's back. <laughs> like you, you, like it, the way it, it sounds. That's what the nigga does. Yeah. He helps people with their things. backs. Um, you should invite Brian over for the fight. You know, yeah, people imagine you invite him to the, the game. There's a chance for you to redeem yourself. Chance for me to redeem myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. How is it a chance for me to redeem myself? You are the one who took Brian who, who, who went to see his team play sitting courtside. By the way, the Heat are so good. 
if anything, Brian can come over Saturday and we can watch uh, the game, even though I don't think the Heat will be playing. I think they'll probably play, play tomorrow night. But yeah, they the play Heat tomorrow. is so good. They're, they're playing so well. He, he could have seen a courtside game in what could be a championship season for the Miami Heat. Probably well, be, maybe if be. you get invited to another playoff game, you can invite him this time instead of yeah, him see, having to watch what, you on your stories. Listen, Don't come at me. Pass the puck. Look at you passing the buck. Don't come at me. Look at you. I don't have to hook up buck. to playoffs. I, I want to do an animated movie out of real love. Did you read it? Or are you just looking yes. at the book behind me? No, I read it. So I think you <laughs> could do you an really? animated movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, what the fuck? Why? Okay. You know what? Let's move on. Because <laughs> I, it, it, I, I know. And, I didn't even you know, give you know, it to you. I read it while I was in New York. I bought the book. <laughs> so, 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 so here's, so, so here's the thing. I, all I did, this is my, I'm willing I'm, to hear I'm it. To hear. I'm willing to hear it. This is this. my moment of gripe. All I get is grief from all of you. <laughs> I get grief. This is my, it's bad against the world right now. You, I, I read the, I just like, you know what? This is a, this should be made into an animated type of situation. I say animated, but make, I'll talk to you off camera about why I think it makes like a cool animation, like a cool type of, you could do like a Star Wars Visions type of. Now, you know, animated, I don't even know what that means. I know, but I'm going to challenge you to know something. <laughs> How about that? I'm going to challenge you to know about stuff. Uh, and then, and so, but there are different types of animation. I, okay, I, I'm in jest. In Star Wars Visions, there's different type of animation and there's one type of animation on the new season that like, I thought, oh, it's kind of photorealistic, but at the same time, whatever, but it could work for hmm. if you did real love, this animated thing. Um, but I just want to let you know that all of you are against me. You're against me. Donnie's against me. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Ashley is sort of against me. The only person that's with me is Bozeman. And he's with Kalika Moore. That's true. That's true. He's with Kalika Moore. <laughs> All right. Uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff in the news. We got to get to a lot of different topics. On the other side of it, color of change. The crosshairs. Hmm. Let's just leave it right there. Because we're going to talk about that a little bit more after we take this break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large big gulp drink. And you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. 
mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I'm a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite, visit 7-Eleven, valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early. Plus tax, applicable on large, big gulp only. Participating U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Okay, Rachel, are you familiar with Color of Change as an organization? I am. What do you know of Color of Change? I don't, do I need to give like a whole thing on it? I mean, Color of Change. No. Have we had, do we have somebody on here for Color of Change? I know we didn't have Rashad. We have. We didn't have Rashad. We didn't have Rashad. Did have who, do, who do we have on? And are they still employed there? I think so. Um, I'd have to look. For the life of me, I, I can't think of his name. I like, I don't know why this is. It was a woman. Yes, it was a woman. Um, yeah. Ooh, that'd be really interesting. We actually should have revisited that. Anyways, Color Change, obviously they've been around for what, like 10 years at this point? Longer, like almost 15? 20, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's 20, but like 15 years. Um, uh, they well, put together, like they put the together. The mid-2000s or something. Okay, they put together campaigns, you know, it's a fight. Um, the good fight, I should say. Uh, criminal, they have like different teams like criminal justice and such. And yeah, like their uh, celebrities have been linked to them, very involved in in what they do in their fight for change and bringing awareness to certain things that are happening um, to us. Yes. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. The reason why I, it's important to talk about like what we know of them is because a lot of times with organizations like uh, Color of Change, a lot of people are only introduced to them after something has quote-unquote gone wrong. And that is... Huh. I do. I think you think so? True. Even with this one? Just because they're so popular. Well, I think it's not... That wasn't as true... Pre-2020? With, with Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. With Black Lives Matter. But in this particular case, um... I think that this organization has a real big platform and a real big deal, but in a very specific area of society to where if you know this kind of specific uh, uh, movement adjacent sort of whatever, then you would know who they were. But the average person, they're not like the NAACP or even Black Lives Matter to where the average person would be like, oh, color of change is like a thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit later because the story is that uh, they are facing misconduct claims and claims of just worker exploitation, worker, what should I say? How, well, how is best to put it? Misconduct claims and a toxic work environment, I should say, is probably yes. uh, the best way to put it. Um, Business Insider. Uh, did an article or, or wrote an article. This was by uh, Sean Campbell, who we've had on this podcast. He was the same journalist that uh, wrote a couple of different pieces on Black Lives Matter. Why are you laughing, Rachel? Why are you-, you guys remember Sean Campbell. It was a very interesting yeah. interview. But yes, he, expo- interview. he exposed Black Lives Matter through a few articles. He exposed Black Lives Matter is what you said. Uh, I shouldn't say Black Lives Matter. I should say certain individuals 
within Black Lives Matter, is what I should say. He exposed, he exposed the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter Global Network Fund, uh, which was, we've talked about that, the huge amount of money that uh, was donated post-George Floyd. And he did investigative journalism into where the money was going, into a specific home that was bought. And how and certain people were spending founder, it. Yes. Uh, Patrice Cullors uh, was spending it in ways that he thought were either unethical or um, incompetent. Okay. And he seems to have found similar problems uh, at Color of Change. Now, we know that they are uh, an online racial justice organization. They've raised at least $20 million, uh, or they raised $20 million in 2020, according to public documents. They build awareness, various campaigns, uh, various different ways of, of going about it. They do celebrity outreach. They do grassroots outreach. They do all kinds of stuff. You might see Michael B. Jordan or somebody like that. He's mentioned in an article with Color of Change. These are famous people who are trying to do a good thing, partnering with organizations. And then you might also see them um, funding people at the more community level. So that's what they attempt to do. Um, so what's happened, according to this article, one top ex executive was accused of bullying, harassment, and gender discrimination by multiple women in 2020, but quietly left the organization. The woman who first reported him, according to the article, was terminated. A senior campaign team manager was investigated after allegations surfaced in 2020 that he sexually assaulted an employee. After being cleared of wrongdoing by the organization's human resources department, he was removed from the organization. Uh, the head of Color of Change sought to address the situation in an all-staff Zoom call on May 12th last year and spoke of the senior campaign director being cleared after the investigation, but still left because of lack of compliance with reform measures related to the investigation. So they were, the person in question here was cleared according to the investigation. However, seemingly did not want to comply with, I guess, uh, measures that were taken after the investigation to make sure the workplace of color of change um, wasn't the same as it was before. Uh, didn't want to abide by either new rules or reinforced rules. Okay, so um, the article goes into great detail. It talks to uh, former members of the color of change team and it talks to them about while they feel like uh, they've been depowered there. It also talks about unionization issues that go on there because the, the workplace employees there have formed a union and it, that seems to have complicated relations between management and the staff there. And it seems as if uh, there are structural problems there according to this piece. Rachel, did you read it? I did. Your thoughts? Well, listen. My thoughts, you, you sent this information in and immediately I'm reading the headline before I read the piece and I'm just like, I can't because I am familiar with Color of Change and it is disappointing that here is another na uh, national organization, maybe, I don't even know if they're global, but let's say national organization that is, has done a lot of work. Why are you laughing? Uh, nothing. <laughs> that has done a lot of work, good work for us. And now there is this another scandal 
for an, with another Black organization. And it's disappointing because when I think of two of the big organizations that are about furthering the rights or bringing information or campaigning for social justice, it's Black Lives Matter and it's Color of Change. Those are the first two that come to mind for me. We already talked about Black Lives Matter. Now here we are dealing something with Color of Change. So my immediate response when I saw the headline, I'm like, I can't. Your response was, y'all mean to tell me this guy doesn't have an agenda. I didn't look who wrote the article at first because I just saw the headline. I was like, I'm going to read this later. I can't deal with this right now. And then I was reading the article and I forgot to look at who wrote it. And then I was, I remember what you said and I went back and I looked and I was like, okay, I'm reading this article. This didn't seem like an article to me where it was an opinion piece. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't an opinion piece. It was investigative journalism. The author, Sean Campbell, talked to a number, a number. It seemed like tens of twenties of people who who work or have worked for Color of Change and who had very consistent stories of what's been happening there. You know, whether it be they don't like you know, the leadership at the top and feel like, you know, like the money is being used the wrong way to whether it's harassment, to whether it's a toxic work environment, to whether there's some retaliation towards those who have unionized. Like there just seems to be a lot or an an HR department that doesn't seem to take the claims by black women or black people very seriously. That's what it seems that work there, the employees that work there. That's what it seems like. So then my thought is a question for you. When you were like, Mm -hmm. can you tell me this guy doesn't have Y'all can't tell me this guy doesn't have an agenda. I'm reading this piece. It seemed to be very thorough, very well-researched, and that had been, a lot of people had been talked to who were directly affiliated with the issue. So were you, are you mad that he's exposing this organization? Or are you mad because it seems to be true? First of all, there's no way for us to know what's true and what's not true. And I think that we do that far too often in terms of when we look at things. Uh, And... I'm not here to defend color of change. I don't. Well, seems I'm, I'm to be true is what I said. Well, and the so, Black Lives Matter stuff was true. It depends on how you look at it. I mean, I, it really does. It de- it depends on how you look at it. Like I could make an argument that even with the Black Lives Matter stuff, that what really happened there was a bunch of people that. Let me finish that thought. A bunch of people who all of a sudden find themselves flush with cash because of something that happened, something that they donate, that they raise money on and then made stupid decisions with the money. And when I say stupid decisions, I mean buying the content house, putting it up there, like having all of these ideas for it, but not understanding how it looks to have this home being bought by Black Lives Matter and have and not really have a holistic use for it off the jump, right? What I could look at is that in, in these organizations, which uh, are, are extensions of people in the way they look at society, they get flushed with money. And just like human beings, they make bad decisions with the money. But what you really get is a narrative that's like really not centered in that. You get a narrative that these people are grifters and that they're evil and that they're and that they're on a, a mission to defraud people 
to get money off the pain of black people, which look, I can't say that that's not true. But what I can say though, all right, is that if there is somebody whose job it is to look at every single organization that's out there that's trying to help black people, right? At least in their stated purpose. And if it's their job to tell us what's wrong with those organizations, that makes my antenna go up. Now, that's not for me to say because that's when I read the article. Job. I mean, I'm not saying that that's his job, but I mean, he got off Black Lives Matter and then went to Color of Change. Do you know what he's done in between then? You act like I, that's the only thing, he's, only thing he does is go after black organizations. The question is not whether or not I know. It's whether you know. And the question, and the reason why I say that is because if the only time that he gets any ink or that we even talk about him is when he's taking out a black, because this is, this is now, he's not even writing at the same place that he, that he wrote. Yeah, he's before. a freelance journalist is what I thought. Right. Well, before he wrote the, he, he wrote the last couple of artists, uh, articles, I think it was the, he had mentioned the lady that assigned him to the, to the situation. But now you look at it and it's, it's, uh, he's with the business insider, right? And that's a, a, a lily white place. And the way that these are, the, these articles get sort of traction is when he's telling us or when that they represent the notion that black organizations are defrauding people based upon black pain. And that's fine. Look, if you look at the, if you, if you look at the article, there seems to be myriad issues with what's going on there. If you look at it, right? If you look at it, there seems to be that people don't believe they can't trust the HR there because it's not like the things that they're, that are alleged in the article weren't investigated. They were investigated every single time they were investigated, right? And so when they were investigated, they found that there was no wrongdoing. Now you have to believe that women are being assaulted at color of change and that they don't care. That could be true, right? Then there seems to be a unionization workplace issue there as well. And this all being wrapped up into the same thing. What I mean by that is there's a specific part of this where people are talking about how much money people are getting paid at Color of Change. That has nothing to do with anything. Like that literally, to, to say that, hey, this person is making X amount of millions of dollars, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. There's another situation where I'm, I'm listening to people, and I'm not trying to take away from anybody's experience, but they're saying, they're talking about Rashad, the founder of Color of Change, and they're saying, hey, it, should he just go buy another fedora or should he go do a, another thing like this? There's a, there's something in there that's like, it, there's, there's a cultural issue inside of the business that really, to be honest with you, is typical for cultural issues in a lot of organizations. Like, if you took the Color of Change off that and went, hey, like, People are mad at TMZ because Harvey Levin makes all of that money. And when I fought, when I started working there, I was making $875 an hour. Or like I was at one point making $60,000 a year to be on TV for five times, like, like every morning, like every day. And I was making 60 grand a year. Those are things that you would hear anywhere. I'm not saying that that makes them right, but I'm saying that like, it seems to me that you only hear about him when he's doing this. And I think that's interesting as well. No, you don't only okay. hear about Sean Campbell. It's just the other things he's talking about aren't things that we necessarily bring to, like to this podcast. He's a journalist. I just Googled his name super quick, right? 
He wrote, he wrote a bunch, and he is a freelance journalist. He's written for several different publications, and he wrote a lot about the coronavirus. He wrote what was happening to nurses. He wrote what was happening in nursing homes. That's not stuff that we would necessarily cover. We cover issues that impact the culture, Black people. So, of course, we're going to talk about him ex- writing an expose, or, or an expose, I guess I'll call it that, on two of the biggest organizations that are, you know, about r- social justice. So, of course, we're going to talk about that. So I think it's wrong to say we only talk. This is all that gets traction. It, when I Googled Color of Change, I saw one article about it. This was this is a story I didn't see had gone anywhere else unless I just didn't do a thorough search. I couldn't really find it anywhere else. But I but this popped up. This popped up, number one, on my feed. Right. And then it popped up again on Twitter. And look, I'm not I don't know amongst the people that I talk to. It was mm-hmm. a big deal. So I'm, I, don't, I don't know what to say. It is a big deal. No, no, no. It's a big deal. What's happening is a big deal. I think the, like right now, I just typed in color change and I did news. There's one article about these claims. It was also, the Business by, Insider. By the way, it also got picked up on Yahoo, which is another place. Yahoo, that picks, up ev- Yahoo picks up everything. So what, Yahoo so what are we up- doing now? Like, so. No. Y- <laughs> but my point is, what are we doing? Right. You, I listened to everything that you said, and you're talking about how this guy, Sean Campbell, anytime he writes an article, has to do, and it attacks us. You, you're saying that his job, you said this, his job is to go after bl- these type of organizations and, and see if there's something out there. And I'm telling you, one, that's not his job. He's an investigative journalist. Mm -hmm. He does other articles. And you said the only time his stuff gains traction is when it has to do with these topics. And I'm telling you, that's also not necessarily true. Black Lives Matter went everywhere. That was a huge story. And it got picked up everywhere. This not necessarily. And I'm separating. I'm just addressing what you said about Sean Campbell, not the fact of how serious these allegations are to such um, an influential and what I believe an important organization. I'm not dealing with that. But I also think you are a little bit minimizing some of the claims that are made by focusing on maybe the frivolous one of the fact that he makes this amount of money and he wears fedoras Mm -hmm. and loves to be on red carpets and take pictures. So, but what I'm saying is that, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I I guess I was just going to say that I think that you have to take these claims serious, even if you're disappointed that it's Sean Campbell who's writing the story. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. I'm disappointed at the accusations that are made, but I'm but I'm taking it all seriously based on the number of people that talked and based on some of the accusations that are made. Because even though there was an HR investigation that was done, it was an internal investigation. And it does seem like they listened, they mm-hmm. investigated just from the report, but then there was nothing done. But then they end up firing this person later and they're like, oh, that's not why we let that person go. Well, it, it's it, So, once again, they fired, so there was an investigation done, the person was fired. Once, I do not know what happened. They fired I, the person. Later. I know. Well, there has to be an investigation before you can fire someone. So, it, it the investig, I don't know what, what, I don't know what we would want. Would we want there to not have been an investigation? They, there was an investigation, the person was fired. The person was fired after they refused reforms based upon whatever had happened. So, hey, this is how things are going to do go now. This is what's going to happen now since there's been this issue. The person said they didn't want to do that. The person was let go. I don't know whether or not, 
I know that there were accusations made and I know that people have lost their jobs. I know that there have also been layoffs at Color of Change, with the article, which the article says, based upon what they say is the economic downturn, right? Which some of the other people there feel like it's not about the economic downturn. It's about them purging parts of the culture at the company that they don't like, right? And a lot of the people that were in the article, because when I, when I read it, I read it. First of all, I read the article also for the tone, right? The tone of the article, it starts off with color of change. First of all, there's this big picture of Rashad Robinson, who is the head of color of change. And it says sexual assault, all of that stuff. Boom, boom, boom. If I was him, I'd be super mm-hmm. fucking pissed off because he is not accused of anything that has anything to do with any sexual assault. I will agree with that. And putting his face surprised. right there, and putting his face right there. No, but you shouldn't be because that, because to, to like in crafting a headline, that is what you do when you're trying to get a conflict click. When you're trying to get a conflict sure. click, you don't want to put a logo up there. They will tell you straight up, put somebody's face on this, right? Now, if we're saying sure. that that Rashad himself or anybody himself, which was also alleged in the article, should be responsible for all of the, mis- the misconduct that did or did not happen at Color of Change, then that's something else, right? If you think that that's fair. I would say that that's probably looking at things in a little bit of a myopic way. Um, once again, I don't mean to minimize anything because there's nothing to minimize or maximize because all of this stuff, like, is talk. I mean, it is. Like, all of this stuff, it's talk. It's very serious talk, and it's talk that we should that we should kind of look into, but it's talk. It's this Didn't happened. they have a paper trail? They had a paper trail, but a paper trail of what? They had a paper trail of accusations being made, and then... No, I could have sworn I saw emails. I know. Like, there was stuff that was reviewed in addition to the statements. But they have have that stuff happening, and then they have it being, like, dealt with in a way that people didn't like. So it's like, hey, the guy lost his job, but only after this amount of time and only because of this. So what they're essentially saying is, the people, there's a there's a t- there's a culture there, and the people aren't really listening to us. And even when they move, they're dragging their feet. There was one thing that said like they they fired they he they fired a bunch of people, and then the people made a big deal about it. And then Rashad came back and was like, "I'm sorry, I had to let you go." So basically, it's like he's fake. He hangs out with celebrities. All they really care about is money and all of that. And all of that's fine. All of that's cool. I get it. There's a part of me, and I think people know this, there's a part of me that looks at this in a really specific way. And that's, I'm not saying that they're not issues at Color of Change. I'm not saying that they're not issues, very serious issues there. They're issues at Color of Change, I bet. They're issues at the NAACP. I know so many people at the NAACP that are frustrated with the leadership, that are frustrated with, for all different types of reasons. You'll listen to somebody talk that's been there for a while, and they'll say, hey, this is an ageist place where young voices aren't prioritized. This is a place where it's hard for women to, 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 to rise up. And I'm not specifically you know, going to get into all of that. And you hear all of these things. To me, a lot of this stuff is framed in a way that is, this is a place that should be working, that, is, that says it's working for the betterment of black people. And so they should be perfect. 
And that's and that's the situation here, and that's the situation with Black Lives Matter. And I'm I'm and I, I respect and I hear everything that you're saying. I'm sure I'll be excoriated for this, but I'm just letting people know. The longer we hold people to that standard, people and organizations to that standard, we are guaranteeing that they fail us. We're guaranteeing. And if it were me, because if we if this guy were white, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. The only reason why we're having this conversation about what his motives are is because he's black, which gives Whose him motives. Rashad? Oh no, not, not Rashad, about Sean. About what his motives are, which you think that I'm being unfair. And maybe that maybe I am. Maybe I'm too protective over when black people are trying to do good, right? But it, and that is the thing, because in trying to do good, you look at places like the church, you look at places like uh, different religious sects and organizations, and they need to be purged of the inefficiency and the horrible things that are going on inside of them. I get that. But if, it, but if he were white and he had gone after Black Lives Matter, and basically completely depower Patrice, um, whatever you think about her after her being an organizer and somebody for X amount of years, she now has no name in it. He's destroyed her, right? And then moves on to the next organization. There'll be a third. And by the time that we jump up and go, hey, what, what's, what's the deal here? The conversation will have gotten away from us and we'll be left just like we were left after other times in uh, American history with nobody left to do the work. And that and 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 to and I, I don't know I, I don't I, I can't from from a historical context watching the way the media treated every single person who has ever in life tried to do anything for black people I, I'm I'm skeptical and I'm, I don't mean I don't mean to minimize and I'm really sorry if I am I just I, I like after watching how every single person has been portrayed in the media that's ever tried to do anything for black people. Every single person. Every one. Not a one. You might be able to... You, Every, at, at long, after they're long gone, after they're long gone, you might be able to find all of these glowing things that were written about them. But that whole time, the American media system was trying to depower them, was trying to talk about just what a bad person they were, what they were doing in their personal life, so, the whole nine. So I think I'm... I'm not going to say every person because I just don't believe every black person who tries to do something good has been vilified or taken down or whatever the words she said in the media. But here's the thing. If that's the, t- if that's the, the school of thought that I subscribe to, does that mean that then we can't call out any wrongdoing for fear of this is how the media portrays black people who are doing, trying to do something good for black people? Because here's the thing. I will agree with you on certain points. I will agree that in general, people have a problem with separating the the corrupt individual from the work that the organization does. They can't just say this person did something stupid or ignorant or incompetent or wrong or whatever, or illegal or whatever it may be, but that doesn't take away all the good as a whole that this organization has done. People need to learn to separate the two. I will agree with you with Rashad Robinson. And when I, before I clicked and read the article, it did make it look like Rashad Robinson was the one who was doing all these things. And I was shocked when I read the article where I was like, okay, yes, being the face and the head of an organization, 
you're responsible, but not in the way that they're making this article seem. That was very misleading. So I will agree with you on that. But I'm not going to sit here and not act like when I read this article and I saw that there were multiple accusations from senior level position people about harassment and sexual comments and bullying and just looped all that into, oh, well, then there were also comments about how he spends his money and how he likes and how he likes to be on red carpets. There's obviously a corrupt individual within this organization. And I am looking at the behavior of this individual, this continuous behavior where women were continuously for years complaining about them and him and nothing was being done. There seems to be that type of toxic culture. And it seems like the HR company was not listening to these women as they were complaining about it. I don't think that because for fear of how the public may vilify a Black person of this organization that we can't call out problematic behavior or we get mad at Sean Campbell for exposing that this organization has a problematic person within it or a problematic culture. First of, I get the fear. First, I get the fear. I, I, first of all, you say for years, the majority of the people that, how long do we say color change has been around since like 2005? The majority of the people that... You said 2005. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. The, exactly. the majority of the people that were in this yes. had... Like, if you if you, if you you read the article, the majority of the people that were in this, they said, it says clearly they started working at Color of Change around 2020. So, the reality... And, and I'm not saying that there hasn't been dysfunction and stuff that's gone on, but what I'm saying is that when I look at the totality of the article, what I see, it, it, it makes two different assertions to me. One is that color of change in and of itself had people inside the organization that were uh, uh, being sexually bad, harassing people, right? And that they don't feel like the organization acted with the right amount of vigor in rooting that out. All right. Then I read on the back of it and it says the things were investigated. The person was let go, but only after this way. And they didn't like the way the person was let go. Okay, cool. And you realize there was there were multiple. It's not one person. Yeah, I, 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 I understand. So of the multiple people that were there, how many of them like are still employed with color? No, I, I have no idea. But I mean that there are multiple it's not, we keep saying like there's one executive that was harassing and bullying, but there was another one that was investigated for um, sexual assault allegations. And it was reported in 2020. How, how long? We don't no, know no, how I long know. it had been going no, on. I, but what I was saying is like some of the people that were wor- that have been working there, some of the, the, the stuff that we're talking about, like these were employees that hadn't been there for like a super long amount of time. And a lot of the people that were, that were let go from Color of Change that feel like that they were fired in retaliation for some of this stuff where people for that had union, yeah. For, yeah for the unionization stuff uh they had been there for like a super long time and they say hey it's because of the economy it could very well be because of the culture all of the that stuff like, like all of mm-hmm. the stuff that's going on there i'm sure they need to clean house and do some stuff what i'm saying is the way that this is depicted it's actually said inside of the article by one of the people that that was that was at color of change, right? It said in the article, it says, this is an organization that says that it's devoted to protecting black women, 
and protecting black people, and it can't even do it in its own fucking office and, and, and space. I get that, and I understand that sentiment. I really do, because this entire article is written from the slant of one guy got super famous, and a bunch of people are getting rich, and inside, people are hoarding all of the money, because that's specifically said, it's specifically said that you have people at Color of Change that are making uh, $2 million, and then it's compared to a different organization where the people aren't making nearabouts that much money. That just doesn't fucking have anything to do with it. What they're trying to do is they're tr- like what the way that is being the way that is written, that is written in a way to make you see like, hey, these people are grifters. They're treating people bad because they don't really care about black people. And what they really want to do is make a bunch of money. They've raised $20 million since this time. Once again, something that's immaterial to the workplace culture that goes on inside of Color of Change unless the article would be specifically about the money that people are making there, right? So the framework of the entire thing is this place is shady. This place yes, is, it's about a, the whole article is about a problematic culture at this organization. Right. And that includes the money. What, so what, I get why the, it was, I what, understand why it was referenced. I understand what they're, they're saying as a whole, there are a lot of problems within this culture. And one of the things people have a problem with is that there was $2 million, not one person received it, but it was spread over like the top people. And this person makes, and just to give you a comparison, the president of the NAACP makes this, and this guy is making, you know, twice as much as that or whatever. I got it in the sense of, even though I'm, I get like the fedora red carpet, it's like, okay, like you're, it's a stretch. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. I do think the article was supposed to be about that this company has a problem and there seems to be some shady things from sexual harassment claims to the way the money is being dispersed to the unionization of the employees, all of it. I, I, that's how I took it. Right. Okay. Look, this is my thing. I like I I am there's just a, a there's enough history here for me to look at this in real time and just be like hmm hmm would you feel different if a different person wrote this article uh, if Ben if Ben Johnson wrote this article would you feel different would it change your whole perspective of this information coming out so a part of this is that we had the guy on here and I spoke with him. And it's just how I feel. By the way, I don't know. So no, yeah, I think it's I, I don't know. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know nobody over there like talking about. I know. How about this? Let me put you like this. I know everybody everywhere, but I know some people better than others. Like me and Patrice Cullors have never met. Me and Rashad Robinson have never met. Um, I had to go through other people to get to Color Change. I have not made any money with Color Change or been involved. I've done a couple of panels with with them. I've done a couple of panels with everyone. I've done a couple of panels with them, with Black Malias for Flint. I've done a couple of panels with, with Black Lives Matter. I've done a couple of panels with everyone. Everybody Black, I've worked with them. The Dream Defenders, everyone, right? And so it has nothing to do with this. It just has to do with the fact that, all right, like, okay. All right, this is this this is no nobody is going to be good enough 
especially when you put a bunch of people together to kind of get some of these to get 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 some of these problems solved. And it's going to be wash, repeat, wash, repeat every single time. It's, but but look, could be being a little bit, uh, could be being a little bit emotional about it. I do get it, but I think he's an agent. I really do. Well, at least you're being self-aware. I think he's the same type of person that has always been put in places like this to destabilize these types of movements. I really do. Like, this. This that article isn't written at the griot. That article isn't written at the root. That article isn't written for black people. That article, these places are these 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 of are. Of course, it's not written for black these, people. These these places. This is this stuff is going out in places to where the general consensus on color of change or Black Lives Matter can be that they're frauds. Last thing I'll say about this: when Kanye West was going through his entire thing, all I heard from him was that Black Lives Matter and everything about it was a fraud because of how somebody bought a house and hired their cousin and all of that stuff. And that's just a minimizing and a reduction of what Black Lives Matter did, what people did and what they were trying to do that I don't think is fair. But I I agree. You have to separate the individual from the organization and don't let that downfall of that person take the whole organization down with it. But listen, anytime something, but, but like the wrongdoing, this is the last thing I'll say. Don't get mad at the person writing the article or don't automatically believe that it can't be true. Like, be mad at, at the people who are fucking up shit. I didn't and say they're, that. They're the, and they're the reason as to why people like Kanye West start generalizing and making those type of disparaging comments. I just think, well, whatever. You got it. You were self-aware. You, you, see, you see what you're doing. Look, I, like, I, I mean, I'll be honest. With, I'll be honest with you. And like, look, I just keep it all the way real. A lot of the criticism for these different places that you hear, it comes from other activists. But once it gets into the culture and Twitter sphere, it comes from a bunch of people who aren't really doing anything to try to move black people forward other than complaining about white people. And for people that are in spaces like Black Lives Matter, like Color of Change, it's mad people that after we did this and put Hawk on, that have all kinds of opinions about Hawk. Y'all mm-hmm. niggas gonna purity yourselves right back to the motherfucking field. And uh, y- y'all, y'all are going to literally ain't nobody. I'm not saying that there are not issues going on there. I'm saying that the issues that are going on there are probably typical issues of any type of company that has fucked up men and greedy people working in it. But what the article made sure that it did was it framed what color of change is around what they say that they are. And it made it seem like it's up there a bunch of frosters. And it, you know, it's the devil's work. I'm sorry. All right. Um, uh, more devils. Marjorie Taylor Greene. We got more N-word discourse. There's nothing I like more than discourse just, over the N-word. I like it. 
I like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like, I, to, to me, it's funny to me. Like she, like Marjorie Taylor It's Green. more funny than anything. I'll give you that. But Marjorie Taylor Greene is so fucked up. Is so fucked up. Let's play, play it. She got into it with uh, my brother, Jamal Bowman. Um, she got into it with them uh, on the steps of the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. Here's the audio from that interaction. Okay, so she I'm was mad call- he was even interacting with her. <laughs> like, That's what he does, just, man. He t- he takes just, people. He takes them on. He takes them on. She um, <laughs> she did not like being called a white supremacist, and so it, she equated it to another word that no one should be called, no black person should be called. This is Marjorie dropping knowledge on y'all motherfucking phrases. It's all on video. Everyone can see this. But I will tell you what's on video is Jamal Bowman shouting at the top of his lungs, cursing, calling me a horrible, calling me a white supremacist, which I take great offense to. That is like calling a person of color the N-word, which should never happen. Calling me a white supremacist is equal to that, and that is wrong. Jamal Bowman was down there cursing at me, telling me to get the F out of there. And he was leading the mob right outside the vehicle I was sitting in. We have this all on video. And then on the Capitol steps yesterday, he was the one that approached me. Even CNN reported that. Yelling, shouting, raising his voice. He has aggressive, uh, his physical mannerisms are aggressive. And he just recently uh, shoved Thomas Massey um, just outside the House chamber. I think there's a lot of concern about Jamal Bowman. So, and and I am concerned about. It. I feel threatened by him. <laughs> she feels threatened by him. Just all the trigger words, all the trigger words. <laughs> I, was, I was I talked to Jamal earlier. I was trying to get him on here. Uh, he'll come visit with us next week. He says to talk about it. I wanted to know. I wanted to know if you felt threatened around him. If if you felt threatened. Like with with Jamal, I've never I've never been around him. I'll I'll reserve my thoughts when he comes on the podcast. I'll let you know if I feel threatened. Um, it's, it'll be important. Uh, look, you know what? She should have just called him a nigger. I mean, she talked about the n word, right? And then she described. Are you shocked? Are you shocked that she didn't do? She should have just done it. I don't. That understand. She didn't just say. Well, if I'm a white supremacist, then you're, then a, nigger. you're a nigger. That, that's what she should have done. Because she she. Talked about like, <laughs> white supremacy being the N word, and then she described a nigger, and it's that's why, that's what gets me about the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world. The dog whistles are of exactly such a say. perfect frequency. <laughs> like she said N word, and then said 
But let me tell you what actually is. Let me paint a picture. An N word. <laughs> a big, threatening, black, brute behemoth that almost knocked me off the Capitol steps with his 13 inch dick. I, it, I almost fell over. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Is white supremacist the same as N word um, to you? Oh, no, it's not. I mean, just on its face, being a white supremacist, that's something that you choose to be, right? Like, that's based on your beliefs. Whereas when somebody calls you an N-word, so if I'm calling you a white supremacist, it's because you are doing things that that further white supremacy, your beliefs. Um, and and if you're, if you're calling somebody the N-word, you're calling them that because of the color of their skin, because of how they were born, because of their being Black not because of their beliefs. So just on its face, no. Yeah. You know what? And here's another thing. White supremacists hasn't been a slur long enough. It's just like from a whole, from a historical standpoint, the N-word been rocking since what? The 15, 1600s? Like white supremacy just hasn't, you know, it's like white, the, the, the white supremacists as a slur is like Americans in soccer. It just hasn't hasn't been used at a high level long enough to really be good. Well, it's you might be able to like make the World Cup, but you can't really do nothing. White supremacists as like something that we could throw around, because like it is something very charged to call someone. Um, but it's almost always true, which is another another difference. It is something charged to call someone, but it doesn't have any real history or any real power as a slur. N word, you gotta wake up early in the morning, man. You gotta wake <laughs> up early in the morning to beat the N word. Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, she was both so stupid in this, but also deadly, deadly, deadly effective. I would not be surprised if you don't see a different sort of reaction to Jamal Bowman moving forward with what he likes to do on the steps of the Capitol and the halls of the Capitol uh, because I think she's kind of put out the babe in the woods situation and they might like treat him a little differently. Also, the term white supremacy. We just had Biden call it out and here we are less than a week later and Marjorie Taylor is making this outlandish comment. We're going to keep seeing politicians challenge white supremacy. I think this is going to be on the ballot. And I think that they're going to try to mess up the meaning of the word like they did woke. Mm. I think they are on a mission with, white, with the term white supremacy. I'm telling you, that's what I think. Yes, the Jamal, Jamal, Jamal Bowman thing as well, but... They're trying to figure out how to attack this word so, and how to make it not what it is. So look, I, I, that's a really good point. And I just want one message to the, to, to the black people out there that listen. Just don't help them. I'll be honest. Every single taking back of a word that white people have done, black people have been overly complicit in them taking the word back. Every single time it happens, black people have had a gigantic hand in it. All right? 
Bunch of rappers out there. Gotta call out my brothers in hip hop. Hey, if you buy my record, you can say the N-word all you want. All right, nigga. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, all right, cool. It's, I, it's getting, we, these people, it's getting a little, whatever. Okay, cool. You know, uh, woke. Now you have a large portion <laughs> Man. of black people who are out in some way to separate themselves from what they feel like woke ideology is. Because woke ideology to some brothers and sisters means accepting parts of society that maybe they aren't prepared to accept, right? If mm-hmm. woke is about black people advancing and moving forward, then that's okay. But if woke is about gay and trans people moving forward, that might be a little bit more sketchy and iffy for some people. So they took woke back. Hey, fake news. Most of the times I hear somebody saying fake news, they black. All of these things are things that came. <laughs> all of these, every, so whenever I hear somebody say that's fake news, black. Trump made that shit up. You know what I mean? Make blank, blank great again. Let's just see the hats. Shout out to the brothers around here. And I, I, I still, the hat was still kind of fire. But it was like, make Crenshaw great again. And it was like a red hat. Or, yeah, I seen make South Baton Rouge great again. It's like, don't pick up they shit that spreads their shit. All right? And if white supremacy gets mm-hmm. taken over and it's something that you fucking can't say on cable news, it'll be because somebody goes, we really got to stop labeling everybody we disagree with as white supremacists. So what? They want to take all the black history out of schools. That's not white supremacists. You know what I'm saying? Somebody going to say that. We've seen and it. And niggas going to be like, oh. Terry, Cr- uh, Terry Crews. Perfect. Is that his name? That's his name. Is that his name? See? see? Okay. <laughs> see? You defend Sean Campbell. Remember, he was like, there's black, he's like, black supremacy. He's <laughs> Somebody's going to quote yeah. him. Somebody's going to use him. Or or they could either do that or they could use, make black supremacy a thing. Um, That's, wait for it. <laughs> wait for it. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Chris Lick from CNN. He's admitting that there were some problems with the Donald Trump town hall. Oh. Yes. Uh, he's acknowledged internally that there are some things he wished the network would have done differently. This is after CNN has been getting kicked in the dick and balls. 
uh, ever since the... Not by you. Not by me. Um, it Getting kicked in the dick and balls ever since the Donald Trump town hall came out. <laughs> it's one thing to get kicked in the balls. That hurts. But sometimes it gets like a piece of the dick and then that can bruise. So CNN didn't just get the balls. It got the dick and the balls. And we should say it didn't really work for CNN. It was a ratings bonanza, but they haven't really been able to like carry the ratings on till after. Of course not. You know? What did they expect? And I expect Chris to double down and triple down. You have to stand by this. You have to be 10 toes down because this is, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine if he comes out and he's like, actually, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have had, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have had a Trump friendly audience. We should have cut him off the moment he started spewing lies. No. Yeah. Um, Chris, Chris gonna bring it. Chris gonna have a part two. Chris said that focusing the camera only on Collins when she tried to fight off Trump's lives, lies about election fraud was probably not great. Uh, they should have used a wide shot on both Trump and Collins. That way CNN could draw the audience's focus to the substance of the question rather than the spectacle of Trump. So it is a little bit too spectacle. He also says that he wished the town hall uh, that the that the anchors had focused on the news that Trump made, such as his claim that he would settle Russia's war with Ukraine within 24 hours or his refusal to weigh in on a federal ban about abortion, which seems a little naive from Chris, if I'm being honest. Because the substance of Trump is never what people focus on. That's by design. It's always no. the antics of Trump. So I don't know what, mm-hmm. you know, the vagina thing was going to be what people focused on. And he was sitting right there after. Don't laugh, Rachel. He was, he was, <laughs> don't laugh, Rachel. Rachel, don't laugh. <laughs> don't, don't laugh. You're laughing. I'm not. Like, <laughs> I'm not. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it seems like, CNN uh, might be walking it back just a little bit. A little bit. Are you surprised? Nah, they're not walking it back. So. They're not walking it back at all. Oh, we should have done a two shot instead of a one shot. What was the other one? We should have openly questioned the crowd before the town hall began so the audience could better understand who they were and why they were supporting Trump. Who can- What would that have done for you? The fact that they were supporting Trump is all we knew. They were clapping when he was making disparaging marks about the woman he had just, or about the lawsuit that just was against him for the um the, the alleged rape. Like, yes, yeah, it was alleged rape. So I like what would listening to the audience and hearing why they were there for Trump help? If anything, that would have furthered, that would have like incited. The, the Trump audience, they would have been more riled up. Yeah, more reason. They would have given all the reasons why they were into Trump. Why did we need that? This is, this is, just stop. The best thing that Chris can do is to stop talking about it. We got to move on. So, okay. We got to move on. Um, I'll, I'll say a couple of things. One thing that I'll say is about CNN. Uh, I think you're going to see, and I think you kind of have been seeing a more conservative shift from C- CNN. And uh, I think that's a good thing. I do. The reason why I think. Well, I mean, you work there now. I work at CNN. How do I work at CNN? Oh, shut up, nigga. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I think that's a good thing. And the reason why I think it's a good thing is for two reasons. Number one, um, I, I think it makes, I think it's time for people to find different sources. So if people turn, there are really amazing sources of news they already are. that are out there. I think it's time for people to find different sources. So if you uh, 
are watching CNN and CNN takes the right with shift that they seem to be be taking away from, you know, the era of Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo kicking the shit out of Trump every single night uh, seems to be gone. And it seems to be because even Collins herself, even though she has these issues with Trump, she isn't what I would call like a left-leaning media personality or, or, or whatever. She's her, her past is a little bit uh, more conservative. Her past is conservative, conservative right? Definitely. Conservative. And I personally think she's going to be their person in the primetime spot moving forward. And, and yeah. so because of that, I think that CNN is going to try to be a place that courts a little bit more of the right-leaning political thinker because they think that there's market share to be gained um, now that Fox has taken a chunk, had, had, had a chunk taken out of their ass a little bit. And there's something else. One th- uh, hmm. uh, another thing is Fox is consistently watched by more people than CNN. Yes. And I want people to feel something here. I want people to feel something. There's something to be felt here. Okay. Okay. We were talking about Buzz Lightyear. The movie came out and then the movie flopped when it came out. It wasn't good. Right? Okay. And uh, part of the, the narrative behind the movie that weaponized people against the film was that there was a same-sex kiss in the movie, the Lightyear movie that came out. It's the same-sex kiss. Oh, yeah, we did talk we about it. We talked about uh-huh. it. What did I say? I said, hey, Disney is not going to do anything in a movie because it's the right thing to do. This is a, corp- this is a corporation. Corporations don't have no soul, no wrong or right, just money. If you want to see more representation you should have gone your ass out to see Lightyear. And as stupid as that sounds, that's the reality. The reason why I sometimes buy tickets to black movies that I don't see is because if I want them to make more black movies, or maybe even my black movies, then the hmm. movies have to be, they have to be successful. So my yeah. thing is, if you guys loved CNN so much the way it was, why is Fox kicking their ass? If you guys love CNN so much the way it was before, why are they getting their ass bust? Like, why? Like, why? Like, where you have a lot of fun and all of that stuff going on and blah, 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 blah. You don't, you don't, you don't like CNN. Well, could it be the change in the people that are on CNN? Fox consistently busts CNN ass since, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True. I mean, I'm just saying it's getting worse, I guess. Right. Now, I will say this. I will say, that that doesn't it in the in a perfect world in the world that I would like to have that shouldn't have any effect on the journalism that a place does it shouldn't right but on the personalities that it courts it always will because remember some of these shows are journalism shows and some of these shows are just first take with politics like you don't go to first take on ESPN to learn anything about the game <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You want to you want you want to <laughs> see who's going to win the argument. And and like in terms of the report you want a hot you want take. A hot take. So yeah. in terms of the reporting of the news, there should be journalistic ideals and integrity that govern that, but as far as the slant of the could network there be a, Could there also be an argument made that the people who 
watch Fox News, the conservative voice is an older voice, a voice that, or an audience, I should say, the conservative audience is an older audience that sits at home and watches their TV, as opposed to the other side, the more liberal, they're young. they don't necessarily consume news the same way. Like, I'm not sitting at home watching CNN. I get my news either in articles, um, social media, I, like, you know what I mean? So it's, could there be an argument for that? Like CNN is, is going to have to almost... Point. Thanks. Thanks. It's a fantastic point. <laughs> but one that in the end of the day doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it, you're, no, you're absolutely right. You're, at, like, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. People come home, they race home, they're like, hey, God damn it, get this motherfucking blood light out of my goddamn refrigerator, Marjorie. I need a motherfucking... <laughs> Uh, Pap's Blue Ribbon so I can watch my Tucker Carlson. You know what I mean? And us, you know, we be out there, ah, nigga, <laughs> oh, shit, whatever. We're not watching. We only watch Don Lemon if something crazy happened. But no, you're right. But they need, the, they need that viewer. So either niggas got put on for left-leaning, which I wouldn't call CNN necessarily left-leaning. It's another no. fucking capitalist institution uh, that represents really the Wall Street brand of Democrats that aren't really much about shit anyway, but whatever. Uh, last thing I'll say about the Trump thing. Um, you know what I realized about the Trump thing is there's a reason why I like when when uh, when Trump is on TV. I like when Trump is on TV. Why? Because I don't trust y'all. Why? I don't trust y'all. You don't trust who? Y'all. The y'all that got that is mad that I'm like put them on, I don't trust them. And this is the bad part. You, I am Trump. I'm like Trump. Okay. I'm very Trump like. So there's there's only there's only two reasons that I, I there's only me. two reasons that Trump does what he does. Either Trump does what he does because he's uh, a psychopath, which is true. And the other reason why is because he knows that he doesn't really have very much to say, and so he has to use fear. Right. And fear mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. this always gets people to do something. That's because he doesn't think much of his electorate. Much of his constituency. He doesn't think that if he really broke down and spoke to their needs, that that would work. And he probably doesn't have the intellectual acumen to really do that anyway. And he's probably not someone who could make the case that what he's doing is great for America in any real way anyway. So it's always going to be about who his enemies are and all of that stuff. I'm kind of the same. I just don't see people working hard enough. Like, I don't see people doing the, like, doing the required reading to contextualize where the country is right now, where the country has been. Like, I talk to people, and I'm not saying that I'm the smartest guy in the world, but I'm saying that I try. That I try every single day to understand what's happening, to be up on things and, and get it, and to know why and what I'm voting for and how I need to do it. And I get it wrong all the time, but I'm making an effort. And the only thing that seems to work on other people is fear. And so when I see Trump and I see people getting mad, I'm like, that's good. It's good that they're mad because the boogeyman will make them pray to God. They won't pray just because they think the pages of the Bible are beautiful or because they feel God in the, in the world somewhere. They'll pray because Satan's in front of them or they'll give themselves to God because they see Satan's in front of them. You know what I mean? And so to me, when I see Trump, 
and I see all of you guys up in arms and really upset, I'm like, great. That'll get them out there. Because if we start having conversations about other things that are going on in America and about how these things are happening, I just see people who give a way more of a fuck about love is blind. And, and, and I'm not, it's, it's not even in a bad way. I watch all kinds of MCU movies and stuff, but like, I try to understand what's happening. So like when I see Trump and I see everybody mad, I'm like, good. That's what we need. But you're not like Trump because you don't lie to people because uh, Trump people. So, oh, you do. Nigga, tell a couple of lies. Oh, y'all baby. should see his face Nigga, right come, now. Tell a couple of lies, baby. No, I'm oh, just we, I'm just well, we heard, I we I heard your whole take about color change. Oh, well, I, look, <laughs> that's not a lie. <laughs> I don't know them like, like that. <laughs> I'm just, look, <laughs> look, bro. Hey, if you come at the black organization, I just go, what's what you on, nigga? Nah, whatever. Maybe we need to look into it deeper. Um, Poor Sean. <laughs> we had Sean on here. I thought it was good. <laughs> I don't fuck with Sean. I'm going to be honest with you. Sean didn't. I, I, don't, I don't fuck with Sean. Uh, I will say one thing that I want to make sure that this is clear. Um, So, it, so we know. The two incidences that are that are um, that are uh, outlined in the article, just so people know, because uh, I think sometimes when I was talking, I might have conflated two different things, like Rachel said. Um, one is a senior campaign team manager who was investigated in 2022 that he sexually assaulted an employee. He was cleared by of wrongdoing by the Human Resources Department. He was removed from the organization a short time later. That is the all hands kind of thing that we were, uh, Rashad came on, on all hands and, uh, and, and, and did all of that. Uh, that's in 2022. The 2020 issue, issue is a different issue, like Rachel said. And it was, uh, around someone who was accused of bullying, harassment, and gender discrimination in 2020. That person quietly left the organization. Um, after being cleared by a human resources investigation. Um, and then the woman who first reported him was terminated. So those are two different situations right there. One guy is in, um, uh, one guy was in senior leadership. You know, it doesn't say if these people were men. Uh, it would have to be though, right? It would have to be. I don't know. There was something that I read that I thought one was a woman, but I don't want to say that wrong. Cause I was like, wait, it doesn't oh, no. specifically Which say. Don't don't specify it. Yeah, don't, it doesn't yeah, don't specifically say that this per, that, that these people uh, were men. So those are two different issues, um, and you guys can read the article for yourself and come fuck over me later. All right. Um, all right. Let's go email back. Uh, oh, real quick. No. Wait. 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 No. I want to do something. It was in the rundown. I don't want to get into it, but you saw the news that allegedly. Ron DeSantis is about oh. to um, enter into the 2024 presidential race. He's gearing all up for it, apparently rented out a hotel space. I know we're not looking forward to that. I know it's going to be a battle, but I am looking forward to the battle between Trump and DeSantis for this reason alone. Donnie, hit it. DeSantis has his dirty fingers all over senior entitlements like cutting Medicare, slashing Social Security, even raising our retirement age. 
Tell Ron DeSantis to keep his pudding fingers off our money. Oh, and somebody get this man a spoon. Rachel, Rachel, okay. I'm telling you, you like Trump, man. You, Rachel, Rachel, hold on. Have you seen I've this? I've seen it. It Have is funny. Rachel, you, Trump, see? Rachel, you like Wait, guys, if you have not seen this, allegedly there's this rumor that Ron DeSantis was eating pudding, pudding which is troublesome yeah. enough, which is which is bad enough. He couldn't find a spoon, so he decided to eat the chocolate pudding with his fingers. So a Trump pack decided to make a video about DeSantis's dirty fingers in everything. And you have to watch the video because it's two fingers constantly digging into chocolate pudding. And it ends with empty pudding, little pudding things. <laughs> it's, it's, it was like no spoon. I think it's the funniest it's thing disgusting. ever. And I want to see, see more of this. I want to see this. This is what I can't wait for. Do you think DeSantis has... I mean, there's a lot of other problematic stuff, but this is funny. Do you think that DeSantis has what it takes to go toe-to-toe with Trump? Absolutely not. I don't think he can get as dirty as Trump is. Like, I think think DeSantis, which is the dangerous thing, his response is to continue to do more outrageous stuff. Because as I've said before on this podcast, he's such a big shot in Florida, except for the Disney thing has really come back to bite him, but he's such a big shot in Florida that he's drinking his own Kool-Aid. And I don't think that it's going to have the same impact on the rest of the country. And his way to outbeat Trump is if I keep doing all this outrageous stuff to play into this base, I don't think it's going to work. So t- Trump's just going to get down and dirty. Disney. <laughs> the pudding fingers is the best it thing is. I've seen. Yeah, we should say that real quick. <laughs> Disney is trying to put the mouse dick uh, to Florida, they pulled the plug <laughs> on a one billion dollar office complex. Um, would have been about two thousand jobs to the region. A thousand employees expect to be relocated from Southern California. They were going to move from Southern California down there, but now they're not because of Pudding Fingers, uh, uh, Mister Mister Pudding Fingers. By the way, he, you said two fingers. Mm-hmm. I think he was getting three fingers up in that thing. <laughs> but. <laughs> I think he was getting three fingers up in that thing. You freaking motherfucker, Ronnie Ron. Ronnie D put three fingers in that thing. How you know that pudding can handle that, Ronnie? How you know that pudding can handle that? You got to get that pudding ready. You can't just put so them fingers in that dry gross. like that. You lick them or something, Ronnie. You sexy motherfucker putting your fingers all in that chocolate. You, Ronnie, 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 what you doing? <laughs> Just get re- ready for a year of Trump calling him pudding fingers. <laughs> I can't wait. See? See? That's how that's how we get <laughs> fucked over, though. Oh, you know what? So, fine. We'll, we, will, we will do one more because I want to know what you think about this. I really do. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. And that's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. So, Matt Healy, do you know who that is? Uh, I, you, we talked about 1975 because I was not familiar with them at all. Prior to this, you were saying how you're a fan of 1975. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that. Thank you for reminding the people that I'm a fan of 1975. That 
That really is going to help me. You may not be that, anymore. That's really going to help me with this next thing. By the way, you guys, fuck it. I'm a piece of shit. But you educated me on you educated me on who they were. I did not know is more of my point. But so, yes, now, thanks to you, I am familiar with Matt Healy. So I love the 1975. I've always liked them. I was listening to them in FIFA uh, when FIFA came out and the city was on there. And I'm like, yo, I like the way they sound. And so I've been listening to them for a while. Matt Healy, the lead singer, is an odd bird. Uh, odd for many different reasons. Oh, that's one way to describe yeah. him. Um, so look, he is apparently Taylor Swift's boyfriend as well. I don't know that that's the case, but they're rumored to be in a relationship together. People are mad at Taylor because he said a lot of fucking weird ass shit on a podcast. Uh, I want to talk about one specific part of it. He talked about Ice Spice. Okay. And he, uh, and in talking about Ice Spice, and there are other things that Matt Healy did. Like, he was rumored to have thrown up a Nazi salute. It looks like he throws up a Nazi right. salute uh, while saying Kanye's name at, at a show one time. I think that it was said about that, that what he was trying to do, because he had Kanye's name in that song, he was trying to criticize Kanye um, and throwing up the Nazi salute was was him uh, saying Kanye's a Nazi now. I don't know. He's, could they could why don't you throw up the middle finger or something there's so many other symbols like if you that that's not it's it type of shit white people do it's the type of people why should do hey Next. I threw up the Nazi salute because I'm with you guys that's basically what he's saying so I, I did the salute because I'm with y'all you don't get it um it's a dog whistle but in this in this this uh this podcast it was called the Adam Friedland show uh he talked about Ice Spice's ethnicity talked about how attractive he thinks Ice Spice is. But then he goes on to talk about um, him liking a site called Ghetto Gangs. Had you heard of this before? Of course. I had well, not. Nigga, I know you haven't heard of it. You're not in the life. Okay? Like, <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Hi, I'm Van Lathan. Yeah, you're not, of course. Hi, now, Van. I've never, I, I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. I am not a fan of the Ghetto Gaggers site, okay? Uh, not at all. What Ghetto Gaggers is, if you guys have ever seen Ghetto Gaggers, is Ghetto Gaggers, it'll be four or five white guys, and there'll be black talent that comes in, and they essentially destroy the lady, whoever she is. It's normally a multiple guy gangbang. Sometimes in the back, there'll be like a Confederate flag. You know what I mean? Damn. I'm, you guys. There was a site back in the day called springthomas.com and it was a little mm -hmm. white girl. Her name was Spring Thomas. And at first it started off as, hey, black guy is destroying this little white girl. Then it graduated to fuck me, nigga, fuck me. And that... Oh my right, God. Porn, there's a specific part of porn that race play and race sort of degrading it's like a big part of it. Like a big, big part of it. Like people who want to see white women degraded, destroyed, four or five black guys destroying the shit out of a white girl. And then there's another part of it where it'll be four or five black guys, four or five white guys destroying the shit, the shit out of an Asian lady. And they'll call it like, I don't know, I'm not going to make up a name or something stupid. This is a part of porn because it's playing to people's entire... And then the... Dark. The, Dark. The ghetto yes. gaggers thing is, you know, you'd see those sites. Sometimes if you'd be on a message board or something, you'd say, I'd be like, God damn. Oh and my I'm, God, a message board? Yeah, Jesus, Van. Life, baby. 
I'm not gonna be. I, I was in the life. I'm not in the life. Anymore. I know. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you you've been saved. Yeah. And so, uh, what I'm saying about this is, I as soon as he said this, I knew with sight that as soon as I read it, because they didn't say ghetto gaggers, I knew what sight I was talking about. Play the audio, the ghetto gaggers audio, and then we can have a, a little bit of a broader conversation. on it. She was like, I forgot my water bottle in there. So, um, so she went back in and Maddie, like on his phone and then on his like 77 inch OLED, just got ghetto gaggers blaring 30, 30 seconds after the hang. It's just going, just hardcore pornography. So I heard that story. And the only part that bothered me was airplane. Well, that, that's what you, you text me immediately being like, I just need the info on this story. Like, why on earth? Like, and the why? How psychopathic do you have to be to like airplay porn to your like TV? I, I remember when porn on the phone became a thing, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is weird." And it's like, no, that's what I always wanted to be. I want to jam. I want to be hunched over. Yeah, like, yeah. Get the phone jammed in my face. Yeah. Like, you know, jacking off on my own face. Uh-huh. All right, cut it off. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm not that much in the life. There's some limits. There's some things there that I haven't gotten to. Okay. Ghetto gaggers. Matt Healy likes ghetto gaggers. Uh, this is kind of in the same vein of the David Cho situation, although David Cho alleged that he actually hurt a black woman. Right. So that makes that situation something much more serious and it needs to be dealt with. Question to you. Does it mm-hmm. bother you if a white dude's kink is watching a black woman sexually humiliated and like having rough sex with a bunch of white guys with a racial component because there's a racial component to get absolutely well no absolutely because the way it's described is it's about humiliating and sexually dominating black women to the point of where physical violence coupled with jokes about poverty, welfare, slavery, putting women in nooses, etc. So you ask me if I'm bothered absolutely by it. Does this problematic absolutely one you have a desire to watch it, right? You want to see black women degraded. And then two, that gets you off. Not only do you like to see it, it arouses you to see black women degraded. I mean, where the fuck is Taylor Swift in all of this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I am sorry for what Taylor stands for. And I, you, you, I know you're like, it, there is, I'm sorry. You think, you think Taylor shouldn't have to no, say anything? Ahead. I knew this. This I knew. is, <laughs> Taylor has been, Taylor has been photographed with this man. He has been at her shows. At the very least, they are friends. And now your alleged friend is I'm sorry, a racist. You are aroused mm. and you sexually get off to black women being degraded in a racist way. Nooses, slavery, welfare, and you laugh about it and you joke about it and then you say it in a public way, which means there's absolutely no shame for you. I would not want to be affiliated with this person. And for the things that, and I'm not a Swifty, and for the things that Taylor, but I do know what Taylor talks about and what Taylor stands for. And I don't understand why you would want to be associated with a person who not on one occasion, multiple occasions, has is affiliated with problematic, racist, anti-Semitic things. This is an issue. This man is disgusting. 
Beyond that, repulsive. And your guilty by association in some, I'm not saying this is Taylor, I'm just saying, why would you not want to separate yourself from somebody like this? This is easy. Y'all apparently just started. Okay. So they've known each other for a long time. So they... they Started the romance banter yeah, part. they've known each other for a long time. Okay, so here's my thing. And I'm going to be honest about this. Um, there's a part of me that's desensitized to this type of stuff. I'm just going to be honest with you. And... Like, I could never, I, 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 I swear on the life of my father that I've never in life watched a ghetto gagger scene. I mean, obviously, that's not the type of thing that I'm going to be into, right? Then what are you desensitized I'm to? Desi- the I'm, porn I'm, 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 I'm or des- the content of I'm the porn? I'm desensitized to that existing in porn. Because I have... And you don't even watch I, it. I, right. But what I'm saying is, I have watched, like, white ladies. Other white, white ladies being humiliated. Like, I have. Not like... I don't like to watch it, but that's porn. Like you have not even not really being humiliated. Let me let, let me make sure I'll say this right because not really being humiliated or degraded uh, for me. That, you know what? I actually haven't watched white ladies being humiliated, but it sometimes seems like they're being humiliated because the whole purpose of the scene is look at this big black guy and this white woman both. You know what I'm saying? So like a site like Blacked.com. It's not really humiliation, but the whole thing is huge black dude, white lady. You know what I mean? So that's the whole purpose of it. Um, but like anything that has to do with beating or spitting or choking or any of that stuff, like it immediately fucks with me because I'm like, that looks like it hurts. So I'm, I'm not really, I'm not into that. So I'm, I'm not, that's not something that I'm into. But I do know that people are. And like people are into it in like a real way. There are other sites. There's a site called kink.com, a site that I can't really enjoy any of the content really on there because it's ball gags and electrocuting people and people with their eyes like like they're about to cry right. and mascara's running. Do you, th- and so, so, do so, you so, think it's a problem that you're desensitized? I mean, <laughs> I was in the life, Okay. It's, but I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I appreciate your honesty. I'm yeah, just I mean, saying, to, uh, do you think it's a problem? I'm only, the shit is massively popular. I have absolutely no qualms about talking about who I am on the podcast. Of That's course it is. Degrading black women, not <laughs> whoa, popular? Whoa, 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 whoa. Of course. Wait, wait. Ghetto Gaggers is actually not that popular. When I t- I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you were no, saying no, no, that. No. The site. Ghetto Gaggers is actually not that popular because it's not a site. And yet he knows It's not a site him. that gets the top tier talent to go on it because if you do a Ghetto Gaggers scene, you're, I'm just being for real. If you do a ghetto gagger scene, you're looked at in a certain way. So ghetto gaggers is actually not that popular. It's a site that's more of a niche site that has a that has a strong fan base. But what I'm saying is, porn where people are humiliated and degraded and uh, treated in a certain way is popular, and it's not just popular in porn. All of that spit in my mouth, choke me, all of that stuff. There's a fine line between that stuff. And like what it is that we're talking about now. And there's a racial component, but porn has that <laughs> racial component. So what I'm wondering, and the only reason why I'm bringing this up is just as a thought exercise. Just as a thought exercise. What I'm wondering about is we, we're told not to kink shame people. Because remember, in this case, he's not saying that he's ever degraded or humiliated a black woman. We're told not to kink shame people. We're saying, hey, it's a kink. Don't kink shame people. Is there a level to a kink to where you feel like it should be shamed? This is shame. Gotcha. This is shame. 
It's very particular to, I mean, all the kinky stuff, I'm not even going to get into that, but this is very particular, a site dedicated to degrading Black women. We talked multiple times about how Black women are disrespected in this country. And I think my issue, and I want to bring it back to Taylor, I'm sorry. This is, my, this is the issue that I have. No. I'm with it. I'm listening to Taylor you. stands for women power, girl power. She fights for LGBTQ plus rights. And I have the, an issue with white feminists sometimes because when it comes to standing up for black women and how and how they're treated and looked at in society there seems to be this silence and this is very particular what he's doing to degrade black women and there hasn't been a peep out of you and the reason that i brought this i put this in the higher learning chat is because nobody not enough people are talking about it and it's problematic and i'm not saying I need an apology. I know that's what y'all probably think. I'm not saying I need an apology from Taylor. I'm not saying I'm not to, even necessarily. I don't even. I need her to acknowledge it. I need her to but acknowledge. Before you said you like, wanted her to condemn it. You wanted her to condemn it. Before you said you want wanted her to break up with her boyfriend. I bet you. Well, I, I, I don't understand why you would want to be with someone I, like I, this. I don't even understand. I bet what, she what, knows what he's into. Well, even worse. But I want her to condemn this type of degradation against uh, black women. That's what I want her to do. I want her to condemn it. Do you want to start a campaign to get uh, ghetto gaggers off the internet? I'm serious. I'm asking you. By the way, ghetto... By, by, by the I way, mean, on, I, I, I'm, should, fully, I, I'm fully I say, just aware I, of it. I, I, sure. should, I should say this. I should say this. By black porn fans, I've, like I said, I was on a message board for a while. The people that know the message board, they know the message board. Okay. For for they have long, <laughs> long, long criticized like uh a fucking attacked and gone at the site for a long time. It's been a hot button issue. A hot button issue to 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 cert to a hot button a hot button issue to the degree that if you actually are black female talent. And you did one of those scenes, like they would criticize you and they would reflect on you poorly. And they would be like, I can't believe she did this. She's a sellout because she did this and blah, blah, blah. The way that I know that, that there's the Confederate flag and that they do that is because they would post a steal from the scene and go, look what she let them do to her, blah, 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 blah. So it's long been oh. a site that was when we, when I was still in the life that was criticized. Everything comes back. See, if I didn't know mm. anything about, see, you judge, but if I didn't know anything about ghetto gackers, I wouldn't have the wealth of knowledge that I have right now. It all, it all comes back. I'm not judging. I, I, I literally said I appreciate <laughs> you for your honesty, but like, we got to talk about stuff like this. this okay, this so you you saying that Taylor should a condemn Matt Healy, condemn B, it, possibly break up with him. I would disassociate myself. It's not a good look, but I guarantee you a lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people probably don't know. All right. Okay. I mean, it's, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough show today. Me and Rachel been mixing it up. Okay. I'm going to go to a Taylor concert with a poster. Of Ghetto Gaggers? Matt Healy. Matt Healy watches, Matt Healy degrades black no. women. No, you should, this is the poster you should write. Taylor, don't gag on racism. Matt Healy. <laughs> uh, okay, that's it. Take the thing caps off, but do not stop learning. 
Um, uh, I'm Van Lathan Jr. And I'm Rachel Lindman.